Yes, hello. Um, I want to start uh, something new, uh, but it is slightly following on from what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks. Last week, I touched on very briefly on your identity and our identity, my identity, your identity, who we are in Christ. Do you remember I talked about the, the imposter syndrome and how the enemy of our souls would love to keep us down, you know? And so I thought I'd just carry on on that theme for a little bit. So this week and next week, I want to speak about identity, identity. So I want to read some verses of Scripture. I'm going to read them from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 10. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, I'm going to read. But you are not like that. He's talking to us in general. He said, you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people. Now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy. Now you have received God's mercy. So identity. You know, Peter was saying that these people that he was talking to, outsiders, once never had an identity with God, but now they have an identity. You know, the worst thing in the world for eternity is not to have identity with God. But we can have an identity with God because of Jesus Christ. So I want to have a quick look at this over the next couple of weeks. So first of all, identity. What, what, what is it? What does it, really, what does it really mean? You know, one of the basic human needs is to have identity, is to be known, to be known as a person, not just for what you do or what you've achieved, but who you really are. You know, a lot of people are known uh, by what they've, what they've done, what they've achieved. And that's not really who they are. Identity is who you are, your belief system. You know, it's a, it's a concept, a knowledge of oneself. It's your belief systems. It's your, your qualities. It's your character. I, I think psychologists would say this, and I read this, that we are deeply driven by a sense of, of identity, of who we really are. Have you ever had an uh, identity crisis? You hear of these people, don't you? They go off somewhere to find themselves, and they need to look inside themselves or hug a tree to find out more about themselves. Um, it's a bit of an identity crisis. I, I don't know if you ever had an identity crisis. Who am I? Who am I? You know, who who? Who really am I? Am I a set of all these circumstances around me? Or who am I? You know, younger people may be listening right now. You may be looking to fit in. You may be looking ahead at your life, what you can be and what you can achieve. You may be trying to be cool, trying to fit in with the crowd. You know, aspirations of, of careers or, or exams or university or work, whatever it is. There's a fitting in, there's a looking and trying to fit in of who you really are. Then you've got the middle-aged people. I, I fall into this bracket, I think, middle-aged. Yeah, I am middle-aged. You know, what sort of person have I become? What 
am I becoming? You know, how do others see me? You know, this is the, the type of thing that middle-aged people sort of think about, I think. Um, I, I heard one person say once that when you're in these middle-aged years, look into your later years, they're called the wonder years. The wonder years. You wonder where you've put your mobile phone. You wonder where you've put your keys. You wonder where you parked your car. Have you ever done that? I, I tell you what, I think it's an achievement these days when I go upstairs to get something and I actually remember why I went upstairs. Woo! Yes, I remembered. The wonder years. Yeah. Then you get to the, the later years in life and you're probably reflecting over your life. You're probably looking back over your life and, and seeing, well, what have I achieved? What have I left? What legacy? Is there anything left for me? Who am I? What have I become? You know, those, those types of things. It's identity. Everyone goes through it. So I want to look at a, a couple of points uh, today and then perhaps finish it off next week. First of all, what do, what do other people see in you? How do other people see you? Jeremiah said this. These are fantastic words. Listen to the prophet, what he said. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, God was saying to him. Before you were born, I set you apart, God said to him. You see, Jeremiah had identity before he was born. Wow. That's incredible, isn't it? Before achieving anything, before failing at anything, before coming a father, before be taking up a career, before anything, even while he was being formed in his mother's womb, God said, you have identity. You see, you have an identity with God. God knew Jeremiah. God knows you. But people see what we've done. This is how other people look at us. You know, a mother, a father, a student, a nurse, a businessman, a secretary, factory worker, doctor, whatever it is, preacher, pastor, husband, wife. And, and we have that label, that tag on us. And sometimes we, we try to live up to those tags, you know, and especially things that have happened to us. If we failed in some area, we, we, we might regard ourselves then as a failure, tragedy. Some people are labeled with tragic circumstances, illness, success, fame, fortune. Some people are labeled with that, tagged with that. But let me tell you now, let me tell you today, you are not a set of circumstances. You are not a set of circumstances. God knows you. He knew you while you were being formed. You had identity. You have identity with him. He doesn't know us for what hangs on us. He doesn't know us for what follows us. He knows us. Our lives are not summed up with what we have or have not achieved. Or what we are or what we are not. He knows you. He knows every part of you. Jesus was talking to some religious leaders of the day. Um, and he said these words to them. 
Luke 16 and verse 15. He said this to the religious leaders. You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. You see, what is important to others, um, when we try to live to please others, that's not our identity. And it means nothing to God. What means everything to God is what's inside, your true identity, who you really are. You know, when the prophet was looking for a king to lead Israel, um, God told him something very special because he was looking at men's stature, how handsome they looked, whether or not they were great warriors. And in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7, God said this to the prophet. He said, the Lord looks not on the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We tend to judge people very quickly, don't we? And we tend to identify people by what they wear, by how they speak, what car they drive what house they live in. You know, we, we look at people and we categorize them and we think that we can identify them. You know, maybe people are doing that with you right now because the way you look, because of what's happened in your past, because of, of what you wear, because of sets of circumstances that surround you. People might try to identify you with that, but you're not a set of circumstances. You know, I, I love the story of the Good Samaritan, and I was going to use this as an illustration right now. But I, in fact, I'm going to use an illustration from my own life. You know, the people who you would identify in this story of the Good Samaritan should have been the ones who helped. But it was the one who you would not expect. And I've used this illustration before. And it was when our middle daughter, Grace, was very young. She used to suffer from febrile convulsions. Her temperature would get so high that her body would shut down uh, and it was quite severe. In the end she had to have her tonsils out because they, they said that any infection she had would go straight to the tonsils and it raised her temperature so high that her body shut down and she went into fits. And this happened quite a bit. It happened on one occasion while we were driving back from visiting my sister in, uh, in Kafili and she was in the little car seat in the back. She must have been about, I don't know, two years of age. And all I seen in the rear view mirror was her shaking and frothing at the mouth. Um, I just abandoned the car on the side of the road. I don't know if, even if it was up on the pavement. And it, it, was the, it was the time before everybody had mobile phones. You know, we might have had a mobile phone, but maybe the signal wasn't very good. And, but I don't know what happened, but we didn't have a, a mobile phone available. I just got out of the car and I held her in my arms on the side of the road. Just a limp little two-year-old. Karen, she just went berserk. She said, we've got to get an ambulance. And she ran, and I can remember it right now. She was running down the middle of the road. She was trying to flag cars down. She was knocking on people's doors, trying to get someone to ring an ambulance. And as I was stood there, I was praying, Lord, you know, save her bring her around right now. And I didn't know what was happening to her. 
and people were passing. I thought, surely a car is going to stop. And then I heard this car come in with all this thumping music. Boom, 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 boom. You know, this heavy rock music. Boom, boom. And I thought, oh, God. What are they? And this car pulled up. And I looked inside and there was all these, like, heavy metal, goth-type, punky-type people in there. Piercings all over their face. Their hair matted. The, all the men with makeup on. And they pulled up. And I thought, oh, God, what are they going to do? Are they going to take the mic now? Are they going to laugh? Are they going to poke fun? No, they said, listen. They said, we can see you're in distress. There's a policeman down the road. We just passed him. We're going to turn around, and we're going to get his attention. And that's exactly what they did. They turned the car around. They went back. They got the policeman's attention. They drove back. They said, the policeman has just called for an ambulance on his radio. He's on his way. The ambulance is on his way. Is there anything more we can do? I tell you what. I judged them. First of all, the first thing I said was, who are these people? Look at the way they dressed. Look at what they've got through their nose, through their lips, through their, through their ears. Look at their hair. Look at their makeup. Look at them. But I tell you what, that was not their identity. Their identity was full of compassion. Their identity was they wanted to help. Their character was such that they, they felt Love. They wanted to help. It come from within them, not what was on outside of them. Sometimes we have what is called an unconscious bias towards people who we think they should be like that. But that's not their identity. You know, the Apostle Paul did some terrible things. Uh, incidentally, the, Grace got to the hospital and they looked after her. The ambulance came. We followed in the ambulance and she made a recovery and it was fantastic. And I, if I ever saw those people, I don't know if I recognize them today, but I just want to thank them. You know, the, the Apostle Paul did some terrible things in his life. But God knew his heart. And when the Apostle Paul came back and repented, he had a plan for his life. Galatians 1 verse 50, 15 to 17. This is what the Apostle Paul said. But when God who set me apart from birth called me by his grace, he was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not consult any man. You see, God revealed himself in him. He knew who he was deep within him. You see, you have to take the wrapping off to see the gift. You are not just what other people see. You're not just a set of circumstances. You're precious. You have identity with God. And secondly, and very briefly, what do you see? And this is important as well. How do you see yourself? How do you identify yourself? You need to learn to say, who I am is more important than what I am. Who I am is more important than what I have achieved. Paul said this, Philippians 4, verse 12 and 13. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every and any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. He was confident and content in who he was. We need to be confident and content in who we are in Christ. 
it's an important lesson to learn, to be confident in who we are. There's a verse that I'm going to read right now, which for many years was, I think, mistranslated. And I think the, the modern translators have, have, have got this one particular word in this verse right. Um, and it's this verse in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul was speaking to Timothy and he said these words. God has not given us, and this is how it used to read, okay? You might still have this in your Bible. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Now, that word timidity was in our Bibles for a long time. But you see, there's nothing wrong with being timid. Because timid people are shy, introvert. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of your character. But that's not what Paul was saying. That word literally translated, which is better, better translated now in the modern translations, is actually fear and cowardice. It's, it's reeling back from things, being a coward in situa situations, fearful of things. So how do you look at yourself? Are you a fearful person? Don't think, well, I'm very timid and introvert and, and shy. That's fine. That's part of your character. But that doesn't mean that you have to be fearful and have a, have a spirit of cowardice about you. Because Paul was saying to Timothy, you have a spirit of power. You have a spirit of power within you because Christ lives in you. He is not fearful. The Holy Spirit in you is not cowardly. You have a a spirit of power inside you. You can still be introvert, you can still be quiet and shy, but not fearful and cowardly. You know, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to sit in the corner anonymously. You're the enemy of our soul, Satan, the enemy of our soul, he wants you to be anonymous. He wants you to be the, the, the little person in the, in, the, in the corner that's fearful of everything and everyone doesn't matter if you're shy you still have a, a powerful spirit within you and you can still as I spoke about last week make a declaration stand your ground and speak up as for me remember no we were not created with that spirit of fear we were created with a spirit of power power these are other verses as well that John speaks about in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16, and I think it's verse 18 I'm going to read. And we know that we rely on the love of God that he has for us, because God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Then he goes on to say, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out, drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Cast out, drive out. That, that's, a, that's a violent thing. It's a forceful thing. So if you're living with this spirit of fear that's dominating you, if this is how you see yourself, cast it out. Say, be gone. Be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, if you lived in a, a beautiful garden, okay, and 
there was walks, maybe a, a park near you or something, and there's beautiful streams, and you'd love to explore that garden. You'd love to be able to walk in that garden. But every time you walk out into it, there's a big barking dog there that keeps you at bay. You know, and he, every time you go out, he's, wah, 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 and you, oh, God. All you can do is see the garden and the beauty from a distance. You're too fearful to walk into it, to claim it, to, to acknowledge it, to make a stand in it because of the, the fear of the barking dog. But I'm telling you what, what Paul is saying to Timothy, you have a power within you. You don't realize that you've got a, a taser gun. You've got a taser gun. And all you need to do is take the taser out and taser that blinking dog that's barking at you. And he'll go, and he'll, he'll fall. No, I'm not saying kill him, but just stun him, you know? Stun him, because I love dogs. I just stun him. And then you've got the power. You've got the power within you. And just zap the fear and walk in the beauty that God has prepared for you. So zap the fear. Take a stand. Proclaim who you are. I am not fearful. I am not a set of circumstances. I have an identity with Christ. I have an identity with God. Your identity is that you are a child of God. He knows you before you achieved anything, before you've done anything. He knows who you are and he's placed power within you. Cast out that spirit of cowardice, that spirit of fear, whatever it is. I'm looking at some other things as well next week. But just this is what's on my heart today and this week to bring you. So I just want you to know that you have an identity. You're not a set of circumstances. God knows you and he's placed something great inside you. Let me pray. Lord, I pray right now that if this message is sinking into people's hearts, that Lord, if there are any that are living in this crisis in their life, with an identity crisis of who they are, they don't know where they go in, what they do in, who they are. Lord, I pray that you will reveal yourself to them, that they can have, they have this identity in you and that they can claim it. They're not a set of circumstances. They're not what they've achieved. They're not what follows them. Lord, if anyone is living in fear right now, Lord, I pray that they will break it, that they will come against it, that they will drive it out and cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Okay, well, I did say in the week, and I said last week, that uh, we will be recommencing our, our Zoom chats after the service. So if you want to come on to our Zoom coffee and you're part of our Bethel congregation, there will be the Zoom details on our private group, and you can just come and have a chat, uh, have some prayer, and just have a coffee with us um, so that we can interact a little bit as well after the service. So that give me five minutes, um, and then we'll get that on. But I just want to pray that you have a great week. You have an identity in Christ. God bless you.